Hey guys, welcome back to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. It's been a week, and we have a lot to discuss, two of which are season finales, slash one is a series finale. I wonder which one we're talking about. (laughs) (laughs) I just had another person text me. So did you like it? And I haven't even heard from my one friend who said, don't talk to me. I can't watch it until tomorrow. And I haven't heard from her yet today. Dang. Maybe she's watching it right now. Maybe. <sighs> so anyway. Yeah, we're talking about <laughs> the series finale of Game of Thrones, obviously. And the season two finale of Barry. And the new Netflix movie, Wine Country. Yeah. Just to throw that in the middle. <laughs> Because it's available until we watched it. Yes. (laughs) But for our top three this week, since now we have a lot more time on our hands, we... Do we? (laughs) I feel like, yes, only because, like, if I clocked up all the time, I spend, like, watching the episode and then analyzing it and researching it and reading articles about it and the memes. Yeah. Probably spend the longest time on the memes. True. I'm actually really going to miss those. Me too. Every Sunday night. They're, they're so funny. But we decided to kind of uh, check back in with upcoming shows and rank the top three that we're excited about. Mm-hmm. And I know we kind of already <clears throat> discussed this a little bit before, but now that these shows are actually in our near future, we felt like it was okay to come back to it. Yeah. It's kind of like, these are all the shows, for me, most of them are like summer premieres. Yes, yes, same. Um, okay, I'll go first. Um, my number three, I am going to go with Succession. I'm very excited. And the, the trailer, it looks like it's going to be really good, and I forgot how much I really liked the first season and how mad I am that Jordan still hasn't finished it. Sorry. <laughs> Just kidding. Yeah, it does look like a really good next season. Yeah. Even though I am excited to finish the first season. It's one of those shows, like, I don't know why I keep forgetting to watch it. Well, Do you have any busy. shows like that? Yeah. Where, like, it's not, you're not even, like, trying to avoid it. Mm-hmm. That's that show for me. That was Jane the Virgin. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. And then it's like, oh, it's been like three seasons, <laughs> and I just like forgot to watch it. But then you have like three seasons that you get to binge. It's true. But I'm not going to do that with Succession, I promise. Luckily, this podcast doesn't really let things slip like that anymore. <laughs> no, it really doesn't. Okay, well, that's a great one. Because eventually you'll have to finish it so we can talk about season two. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My number three is Stranger Things. Perfect. Um. Oh, before... I continue. What date does season two of Succession start? Is that June? No idea. <laughs> I think it's really soon because of all the um, ads for the new season. Mm-hmm. It's August. That's weird. Yeah. Bummer. But more time for me. <laughs> they probably heard that I hadn't finished season one yet, so they pushed it back. I guess they probably are like, we'll save that one for the end of summer. And Big Little Lies will be the big one for early summer. Yeah. They have a lot of stuff coming out. Yeah. All the the previews before each Game of Thrones episode are, like, really exciting. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, always been a different one. Yeah. 
this isn't on my list, but I feel like I've brought it up in a couple conversations with people, including you probably, but that one with Adam Devine and John oh, Goodman looks very interesting. I just, when I was getting caught up on Barry, I finally watched, saw like the a full trailer for mm-hmm. it, and yes, I'm very intrigued. It's just like an interesting group of people mm-hmm. and an interesting topic. They're yeah. They're like uh, pastors- that are super rich. I'm very fascinated by that. Because it's not... I don't really know that much about that whole uh, industry. Yeah, me neither. Um, and I really like Adam Devine. Yeah. So I'm excited about that. Um, and I really like John Goodman, actually. I was just thinking about The Borrowers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's great. <laughs> well, I also he loved is. him in... Um, What's that movie he was just in? The scary one with the aliens. Oh, Cloverfield. Cloverfield Lane. Lane. Yeah, I love that movie. And so much so I remembered what it was called. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, he's because I um I always think of him in Oh Brother Where Art Thou, and he's really creepy in that. Mm. He's also a really funny actor, so it's like the perfect mix of funny and really scary. Yeah, even in this role. Yeah. Did you ever watch Vice Principals? I didn't, but I have always wanted to. I know. Because busy. busy. And I haven't seen that either, but I think it said it's like the creators of that are doing yeah, this. I remember seeing that, actually. Yeah, we've got to go back and watch Vice Principals. But yeah, so my number three is <laughs> Stranger Things, <laughs> which comes the next season drops on um, July 4th. Yeah, I... I think I already said that it was, like, a perfect trailer. Yeah, which it was. And then today they released so another trailer and some new posters that are really great. Yeah, they're amazing. And I want a poster of myself like that. Ditto. Oh, good thing I'm really good at doing face and holes. <laughs> It'll just be a matter of, like, how will you ever choose which character to put your face on? It's true. I'm excited. Yeah. I, th- I think it will be good. I have high hopes surprise just like i didn't have high hopes until the trailer came out yeah me too because not that i thought season two was bad or anything i just it i didn't fall in love with it the way i fell in love with season one yeah just wasn't nearly i mean when it's like the same upside down and same demogorgon kind of stuff it's like it's just not going to be as creepy and magical as the first yeah season it wasn't when it was as all like mystery. shocking and new yeah yeah but I am, I just am really excited to see all these characters again. Me too. Um, for my number two, I will say Handmaid's Tale. I am very excited to see Max Minghella again. (laughs) (laughs) And also Elizabeth Moss and see what happens. And I'm hoping that it will be even better than the last season. So we'll see. Yeah. That's and that starts one. literally so soon. Yeah, what day? June 4th? June 4th or 2nd? I can't remember. June 5th. <laughs> we were really close. We were really close. But that's um, going to be another one that they drop it week by week and that will be oh, torture. That'll be good because I still have to catch up on season two. Oh yeah, that's true. So that'll be and I actually like that show better non binging. I think. Yeah, I didn't really get that into the second season. Yeah, I felt like um, 
I don't know. So I'm, I actually, I do want to revisit it because it's just been a while. And so sometimes when it's like absence make the, makes the heart grow fonder yeah. with certain shows. Maybe. Um, my number two is Four Weddings and a Funeral on Hulu that Mindy is making. When are they going to drop a trailer? I'm dying to see it, especially because I feel like remember they keep they announced like the four leads, mm-hmm. but also Miss Sandy is in it, and she's not one of those four leads that they've mentioned. And it just seems like they've added even more people. Yeah, because what's the other guy's name that they just added for my best friend's wedding? It's either Rupert Everett or Dermot Mulroney. Yeah, Dermot Mulroney is going to be in it. Oh, I never even heard that. Yeah, Mindy posted an Instagram story about it this week. Luckily, I had a friend send it to me, and I should have passed on the good word. Well, that comes out July 31st. Perfect. That's why I'm surprised that we've seen so much succession news, and it's not till August. Yeah. And we haven't seen one trailer for this. No. Okay, what's your number one? My number one is Big Little Lies. I think I'm the most excited about it because I honestly... I have high hopes, but I also have low expectations (laughs) and so i'm just excited to have it over with honestly so i can know if it's going to be good or not and i feel like how can it not be good but i don't know well i think that's a like the perfect way to approach it like you're optimistic but realistic too yeah like i'm not going into it expecting to hate it yeah and you're not going in expecting that it will change my life like the first season did exactly I mean, I think that even if the plot isn't as perfectly twisty, mm-hmm. it'll still be really fun to watch. Yeah, I think so, too. So that'll be great. Yeah. Um, my number one is Veronica Mars. Um, it's on July 26th. The new season is dropping. Um, and I'm excited for two, like kind of two part because I'm just really excited for the old seasons to drop so I can watch them again. And... I think everything I've seen from the trailers and just their social media posts, it seems like it'll be a really fun new season. And that show's just really great because I love that it's fun and light, but also really gets dark and, um, like, it's it gets pretty messed up. And so it's just, <laughs> like, a fun uh, juxtaposition. And it's, like, it's just the perfect Kristen Bell character, too. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm excited. Good. I wonder if, because I watched the movie, the more recent one, you mm-hmm. know? And, like, I wonder if you will have had to have watched all the previous seasons before watching the new one. I know. I feel like it might be, um, I mean, I'm sure that there will be a lot of stuff in there that callbacks. you won't. Yeah, callbacks and, like, yeah, just everything like that where it will be beneficial to have watched all the seasons. But I feel like it's not necessary. Yeah. How many seasons are there? Three. Oh, that's not They're bad. pretty short. Okay. Because it was a show that was always on the verge of getting canceled. Um, But yeah, I feel like in the movie it was like basically fan service. Like mm-hmm. I don't even know if it was... I thought I really liked it because I went back and started the show when the movie was announced. Because that was back when it was on Prime. Mm-hmm. Um... So it was fun, but yeah, I don't know. It didn't even really feel like that much of a standalone movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But I feel like with a show when you have more time and it's like its own mystery, like it's still in her hometown. Yeah. So it'll still be fun um, with like past characters and stuff. But Mm -hmm. I feel like they've even announced new characters and things. So I think it'll be still pretty enjoyable if you haven't watched all three seasons. Yeah. That's my hope, at least. Yeah. Um, another trailer just that I've seen a lot of, um, this is just like a bonus thing to talk to you about, is the Watchmen trailer. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> that was a movie, right? Yeah, so it's a graphic novel, and then they made a movie of it. And is it, like, superhero-y? Yeah, it's kind of... The trailer looks kind of spooky, and it seems like, really intriguing to me. It's kind of more superhero-y in, like, the Dark Knight kind of vibes. Mm. So but, maybe I would like it. Yeah, I think you I think you would. The trailer looks really good, and I don't really like superhero stuff at all. Yeah, well, and I think one of the weird things about... And, like, I did read the graphic novel. I never saw the movie. Because mm-hmm. I think... I've only talked to, like, a couple people that liked the movie mostly i've just heard that it was a big disappointment for people who love the graphic novel Mm -hmm. um the graphic novel i actually i read it like a really long time ago and i don't even know if i fully grasped it because it's a very like existential like metaphysical kind of story that like happens to have superheroes Hmm. but it's like very dark like i think it's even darker than like, the Dark Knight is still, like, it's still classic superheroes that you all know. Yeah. And this one is more, like, almost in, like, kind of, like, a hopeless world is the kind of vibes I got from it. And I don't even really know if that's, like, a completely correct interpretation of it. But it just is, like, very bleak. Mm-hmm. And so I think this show will be really interesting. And it has a really good cast. As far Like, Regina King is in mm-hmm. it. And she can do no wrong. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, that'll be really interesting. I keep forgetting about that one. I'm glad you brought that one up. Thank you. I also, I mean, I've seen, like, a million trailers for Euphoria. And I'm still confused what it even is. Yeah. I have no idea. Like, it's high school. She's out of rehab. Zendaya. And that's, like, all you I already know. know and then there, And then, like, it just seems like it's, like, a constant trip. Mm-hmm. From the trailers. So, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know either. That one, I think, is coming out really soon. That's June 16th. Basically tomorrow. Practically tomorrow. Well, um, we have a lot of fun stuff to watch. Okay. Oh, news? I don't really have anything. I we already talked about look. the Stranger Things stuff. Yeah, I mean, that was basically, like, a TV news top three yeah, combo. that's basically all I had. Cool. Great. Two birds, one stone. Should we start with wine country? I think we should. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I. Okay, here's the thing. Wine country is really easy to sum up. It's just a group of 40 to 50 somethings go on a trip together. They're like old friends. How many of them are there? Five? Six? Okay, let's count the cast. Maya Rudolph, one. Amy Poehler, too. Um, I keep forgetting Tina Fey is not part of their group. Um, Anna Gasteyer, Paula Pell, Mystery Lady, the curly hair. Why am I? Oh, Rachel Dratch, 
And am I forgetting like one important one? Is that everyone? I think that's everyone. So six. Yeah, because they would be paired off in twos. Oh yeah, you're right. Good point. Um, first of all, that is a giant cast. Yes. And you kind of feel that mm-hmm. as it goes on. Because like some people had better storylines than others. And, totally. Like, yeah. Um and basically, so they're old friends, and for Rachel Dratch's character's 50th birthday, they go on a trip to Napa to do, like, a wine tour. Yes. And... That's it. All the, like, the problems of of any typical trip movie occur. Yeah. There is nothing, like, no reinvention of the wheel, really. No, I actually think that because there's so many good... um actors who we love in this movie Mm -hmm. i think it would set it up it was like better just on it's like on paper it was already going to not be horrible yeah because like they're all funny but i don't think it really like did them a service because they all just kind of had to do like the most cliche things of all time yeah like i didn't even maya rudolph barely didn't even have to act really no uh, well, Amy Poehler was literally just Leslie Nope, mm-hmm. and which like obviously we all love Leslie, but she was also just that character in Sisters, like kind of the uptight one. Yeah, and then she was it again here. I, like Tina Fey was the one that had to act the most, <laughs> and it was honestly kind of weird. It was <laughs> like her character was very weird to me. Like we didn't get enough explanation of her. Yeah, I don't, I don't really think you need to watch it. <laughs> yeah, honestly, if, like, you've ever seen any sort of trip movie, there were fun cameos. And yeah, um, you were telling me that there was one good one, and was it Maya from Pen15? Yeah. It was, it was fun seeing her. Yeah, she was really good. Also, that just made me realize that I feel like my favorite character was actually Jason Schwartz- Schwartzman. Yeah. Which is sad because I'm, <laughs> I wish I could say my favorite character was anyone else because he was literally like the only man in this whole show. Well, they were really mean to him, but he was really nice. <laughs> um, His cameo was the one, because I told Taylor there was, there were some fun cameos and she was like, John Hamm? And I was like, <laughs> no, unfortunately. But he could have played that part. Oh, totally. And that would have been, I love Jason Schwartzman, but that would have been really, really funny if John Hamm was this, like, he would have done a guy. But it also would have been, like, they would have just thought he was hot. Like, would they have to just, like, try and pretend like he wasn't so sexy, though? Yeah, true. Mm-hmm. I thought, I think Jason Schwartzman's cute, but, like, let's, <laughs> John Hamm is, like, you know, like, you can try the Kendall version of Jason creepy, Schwartzman. but. It's hard. He would basically just have to repeat his Kimmy Schmidt exactly. outfit and roll. Yeah. A orange jumpsuit. <laughs> um, but yeah, I also, like, I'm just not that interested in, like, wine tours as, like, plot lines in things. Mm-hmm. So. Well, it's just, like, a cop-out to get people drunk. Yeah. Well, that was the other thing. It's, like, that... Everything was so repetitive. Mm-hmm. Well, my biggest problem with it was that, like, the whole buildup of this of the movie led to this one experience of them rolling down a hill. Yeah, that lasted a really long time. And, like, that's what brought them together, was, like, 
they all got down this really big hill. And when I say hill, I literally mean a grassy hill. That was a dumb, dumb thing. It was embarrassing. Yeah. I wanted to support it because I wanted to support Amy Poehler in, like, her first directorial debut and, like, all of her interviews she did with, about it were really good. Yeah. And, like, she had some really good quotes about female directors, but I can't just like it because it was made by females. I still have to be critical about it. Yeah. No, I think that's a good point because you're still allowed to like and dislike things. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, one thing I wanted to talk about, and not because I have, like, a real like, point to make, but I do think it's interesting how often, um, like, Amy and Tina really bash millennials. Yeah, it's a lot. That was, like, a huge uh, part of the plot. It was, like, um, they go to this art show, and first of all, I thought the art show was cool. (laughs) I was like, this is fun. The nanny's fun. (laughs) And they were like, what is this? And I was like, well, those... That wall of shoeboxes was really cool. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, that's rude. Um, and it's also like, I'm not anti-millennial bashing either because Search Party bashes millennials basically the whole show. Yeah. Like, it's a hilarious commentary on our generation. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just because, like, the actors are all also millennials or something. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's I feel like they do it smart. It's They're just like, they have an insider's view. Yeah. And they do it in like a cle- such a more clever creative way mm-hmm. to be doing that instead of like it was just another cliche thing where it's like, "Oh, well, you guys don't understand. Mm-hmm. Like we know all we know all the things about life that you'll never understand." Like the lines were literally saying lines like that. <laughs> yeah. It really was. And I was just like, what in the world is going on? And it's just so funny because I feel like, um, I should have looked this up. Did Tina have any uh, writing credit on this? I didn't think so, but I don't know. Because if she did not, I would kind of be surprised because it made me think a lot about some of my issues with the later Kimmy Schmidt seasons. Like, remember how we talked about um, their confusing stance on the Me Too stuff? And how it's kind of like, are they criticizing, like, kind of, quote-unquote, woke culture? But, Mm -hmm. like, they're not criticizing fake wokeness. They're criticizing real wokeness. Mm -hmm. And it's just just a really interesting stance for them to take. Yeah. I agree. Um, Like, Tina wasn't a writer. Oh, she wasn't? No. Or a producer. Oh, so she was just straight up a cameo. Yeah. It's interesting because, like, I feel like... There's so many things that you can kind of tease our generation for, but I think that, like, being aware of the world and trying to be better people and more sensitive is maybe not one of the things to make fun of them for. Yeah. It was interesting. But at the same time, not interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Interesting enough to be like, hmm, that was interesting, and then put no other thought into it. I think we were just talking about before we recorded, started recording, I mean, um, like the very intro of the movie, it was like showing all those six main characters mm-hmm. on the phone talking to each other about the trip. And it just kind of like started the movie off on a lazy foot to me because like, 
they're literally just explaining the plot and every character's backstory, like, just straight Mm -hmm. up, like, telling it to you directly. And it was, like, they were all on one large group phone call with six people. Like, no, that (laughs) doesn't work. It sounds like a nightmare. And it was just, like, a not cohesive, non-cohesive conversation. Yeah. Because, like, one person would say something and no one would respond to that. And another person would say something that didn't relate to it. Because, yeah, it was just a way to tell the plot. So, we love you, Amy. Better luck next time. <laughs> that sounds so terrible. Well, we just we just didn't love it. No. And that's okay. Yeah. We don't have to love everything. Yeah. On to things I think we both loved. Well, liked. Um, Barry. I loved season two. I think I loved it more than season one. I think I did too. Like, reflecting on it. Yeah. I think it had a more, like, standout, memorable wow moments. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if it was mostly because season one, it took me, like, half a season in to really understand, like, what was happening and, like, where it was going. Yeah, and, like, like, get a grasp. Why. I knew it was good, but I couldn't figure out why. Um, so that could be part of it, too. I think really what clinched me preferring season two was that um, one episode, Ron slash Lily. Which I don't want to say anything that happens in it. Mm-hmm. It's midway through the season, but it, like, was jaw-droppingly good. Mm-hmm. And so different, but also not one of those episodes people throw in in the middle of a season just to be different. No, it wasn't like a standalone episode. No, it was definitely, it was moving the plot forward, but it was crazy and really fun and really messed up. Mm-hmm. So it was really great. Like, it's worth, like, watch starting Barry to get to that to get episode. To that episode. It was like this, it was like Barry's uh, Teddy Perkins totally i agree like that's gonna be an episode at the end of the year people would be like what are the best episodes of the year that mm-hmm. one's gonna be on and the bill list. hater like directed it and he, he was like is... i was a shell of a person after directing <laughs> that <laughs> i'm like good it was worth it we're like so lucky to have him yeah he's acting his ass off mm-hmm. he's so good in this show and like when they show because like it's him directing a lot of episodes and um Hiro Mirai, mm-hmm. who's, like, the other greatest TV director right now. Who is Teddy Perkins. Literally. So, like, it's just, like, that's the caliber he's up against, and he's really matching it. Yeah, totally. And Henry Winkler? I think he even did a better job than last season, and last season he won an Emmy? Last season? This season, he, he just is, like... A, his plot is able to just, like, break your heart every episode. Mm-hmm. Which he didn't need to do last season. No. Yeah, he was amazing. And then, let's not forget. I mean, we have to talk about the best part of the show. <laughs> No-ho Hank. Drum roll, please. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, like, we can keep doing a drum roll after the fact. <laughs> Anthony Kerrigan as Hank is just a freaking gem like he never gets old and we have to set the record straight from the last time we talked about barry um because now we think he's hot 
Well, I was, I was planning on doing this later in the episode. Oh, okay. Sorry. But we can talk about it now. He, it's so weird. Even, even me saying this, it's like, huh? But there's one episode where he's like wearing a bucket hat. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, I cannot believe I'm attracted to a person in a bucket hat. <laughs> and I am very attracted to him in a bucket hat. I thought it was really cool. And like a vest. <laughs> You're going to have like a fisherman's fetish. Apparently. <laughs> it's one. I feel like this show, um, like particularly Hank and um, Henry Winkler's character, Gene. Mm-hmm. Um, no one else could play their roles. No. Like. It would still be a good show with other actors, but, like, it wouldn't be the show that we have. No. And they are both just so perfect. Hank is just, like, everything he does and says is laugh out loud hilarious. Totally. Every single line. It's like Titus. He's the Titus. Oh, 100%. That's the perfect analogy. But everyone in Barry is more still, I don't know. I no, guess I shouldn't no, say I, that. No, I get what you're saying. I'm thinking as like particularly in the first season of Kimmy Schmidt, where I think it was I think the first season is its strongest. Yes. And but Barry keeps like upping the game. Mm-hmm. But Hank, that means he's upping his game the whole time too. Exactly. And he is just they're like just on this big crescendo and it's really good. Mm-hmm. And the show knows we all love Hank, and so he was in it even more this season. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, he's so perfect. Last but not least, Sarah Goldberg. Who plays Barry's girlfriend? Um, Sally Reed. <laughs> I feel like that was rude. It's interesting because besides Hank and Barry, it actually is hard for me to remember their names. Yeah, same. Even Jean. Because mm-hmm. I, I like had to really uh, rely on the mind palace. Yeah, my I'll use my mind palace. Mm-hmm. God fed me that word when I was trying to remember <laughs> it just now. I but... wish he did that to me more often. <laughs> I just ha- feel like some sort of angel slipping me a cue card. <laughs> um, but no, she's really good because she's a really unlikable character, but I still want her to succeed. Same. Besides, obviously, our favorite episode, one of the standout moments of the season, like speaking of Sally, mm-hmm. was when Barry and Sally finally nail their scene that mm-hmm. they're doing. It was like really powerful. Yeah, it was. Like, that is really a memorable moment to me, which is funny because I think usually the acting classes, to me, except for, like, in the first season finale and stuff, it's usually kind of, like, a funny side plot. Mm -hmm. And that was, like, really powerful, though. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So, yeah, if you guys haven't watched it, you're crazy. It's so good. It really, truly is. So don't cancel your HBO account if you only had it for Game of Thrones. Yeah, exactly. Okay, do we even have to say Queen's Landing? We should, since it's like the last one. Yeah, it's true. So, Queen's Landing. Here we go. <laughs> We're here. It takes us, it's that quick of a journey, just like in season eight, from Winterfell to Queen to King's Landing. <laughs> Blink of an eye. <laughs> I just keep wanting to sing, what's her name on Instagram? Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. Jess Ennis, I think. Oh, that's her name. 
She's our, one of our new favorite Instagram followers. Yeah. Fol- follows. She, she does, does not, not follow, follow us. <laughs> we follow her. <laughs> what if I was like, oh, I thought when you follow someone, like I've been telling people celebrities follow me or something. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, she and her boyfriend always sing Peter Dinklage, Peter Dinklage. <laughs> and it's really funny. It's really good. Um, okay. So we re- will... It wouldn't. I wouldn't say that like the finale was my favorite Game of Thrones episode ever, but I no. really liked it. And like not um, season finale either. I like no. other season finales way better. I agree of Game of Thrones specifically. Mm-hmm. But I would say this last season wasn't my least favorite season. No, no, definitely not. And. The way that I have been telling people of how I felt of the finale was I liked where it ended. I just had a, some problems with how they got there. And those problems are things I can overlook and I won't be super like hold on to them with like a raging grudge. Yeah, no, I agree with you. I was nervous. Basically... After not really being a fan of those last two uh, episodes before this, I was just nervous that I would end the show kind of feeling like a sour note. And so I just didn't want to feel like that. And I really didn't. I felt at peace with yeah. the finale. Mm-hmm. And it made it feel like all the hard work we put in like this winter <laughs> was worth it. Mm-hmm. And I would still recommend it to people who haven't watched it. Because I was also thinking like, Oh, if people are hearing there's all this horrible stuff about the last season, blah, like, blah, blah, blah. I have heard people that are like, is it even worth it anymore? And it's like, yes. I really do think so. I mean, look at how it still has this foundation. Even if I, even if I hadn't liked the finale, I feel like, look at all this journey that you still went on. Well, and like, people are saying now, like, the character development was just like thrown out the window, and no it's pun like intended. <sighs> There's two puns in that sentence. Wow! Thrown out the window. Wow. wow! 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 Okay, so what I was saying is, people are mad about character development being thrown out the window, and to me, I'm like. The fact that we even know enough about characters to try to be like, well, they would do this and they wouldn't do this means that they've given us a really great show because we feel like we know the characters so well that we know what they would do. And, um, but that's the amazing thing about watching TV is that you may feel like you know a character, but the only person who really knows that character is the person who wrote the character. And I didn't come up with that on my own. That was a main thing that Amelia Clark talked about in her interview that was published on Sunday night after the episode. Um, she talked about that and I liked her perspective and I thought it really helped me come to terms with things. So I recommend everyone read it if they are struggling with how Game of Thrones ended. Specifically Daenerys's character, but I think it applies to all of them. Totally. Well, and I... um. I really like what a lot, I mean, a lot of the characters have said this. Um, I'm thinking specifically of a quote I saw from Kit Harrington. Yeah, about how I he's wanted like, to read 
more of what he said and well, didn't. I only saw like a quote, okay, but I or like a clip or something. But the way he said it was like, I know John so well. Like these, they the actors see these characters as separate from themselves, and so they. I just really thought that was so interesting that he's like, yeah, like maybe even they're reading the scripts and like thinking about this character who's like their friend, mm-hmm. weirdly. That they've been like living inside of this yeah. character for years. And so like they even have to kind of think about like, yeah, this is this person I have, I know, like I have had to get to know and enact how this person would think and it's Mm -hmm. just so interesting yeah so like as a viewer it's kind of crazy that someone would be like think that they know more the ego yeah is astounding it's crazy and like and i'm not and it's not even like these are new writers that they gave us for the season these have been the same writers from day one correct yeah yeah as far as i know and well and it's like i'm not even saying, like, you're not allowed to be... Critical. To ever, yeah, like, to yeah. ever criticize. Like, we still have problems. But, like, saying it was ruined as a whole is crazy. And, like, to be that hypercritical of, like, characters' decisions and how they ended up seems a little strange to me. Yeah, I agree with that. Because I think that the writers actually did a pretty good job of foreshadowing and preparing us... If you were open to being prepared, <laughs> but maybe that's me on a soapbox. Um, yeah, no, I agree with you. I Maybe, like, we're also lucky that the things that did happen didn't bug us. I yeah. wasn't bothered by Danny. I, I do acknowledge that it was, like, a shift for her, but it was an active decision. Like, she never actually went crazy. And she, as we said last week, like, she wasn't doing anything that she hasn't promised to do. Yeah. So I never took issue with that. And she still believed that she was doing the right thing. Yeah. Like, she didn't question herself. And it's like, ugh, it's interesting because these characters, like, she's really acting the way all those historical rulers acted. Mm -hmm. They all took their reign by killing everyone. Mm -hmm. That's just how it worked. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm just, I've kind of been confused... Well, I don't want to. I don't want to sound like I'm backtracking on what I said because I know, like, yeah, I've been frustrated. But I guess I the things that bothered me were other things and what other people I think are bothered by. Yeah, I think the things that mostly bothered me were the things that they didn't show or didn't happen. Yes. So like Arya never using her face technique. <laughs> yeah, she never switched any faces, which is one of my favorite things that she can do. Um, and when, I mean, we mean, like, never in this last season. Yeah. And we spent quite a bit of time in Bravos with her throughout the show, with, like, for her to learn that skill. So it would have been sweet to see it come into play in this last season. Um, one thing that is a little nitpicky, but it's more just, like, um, being robbed of, like, like, getting to see really good acting is um, how we didn't get to see... Um, I really was looking forward to seeing how Sansa was going to handle the news about what Danny did at King's Landing. And then handle the news about John killing her. Yeah, like, and, then, and like, John and Tyrion being imprisoned. Like, there's so much going on 
that I would have really liked to see Sansa and everyone in Winterfell's reactions. Mm-hmm. Um, and it that reminded me, too, of how we didn't get to see Sansa and Arya's reactions to hearing that John like his true parentage and stuff Mm -hmm. so it's like not things that would change the plot but it just like seems like a really rich character moment that i would have enjoyed seeing agreed and i think probably if i were to pick one thing that bugged me the most it was probably like jamie cersei brienne related Mm -hmm. of the last season i do think that um they kind of did cersei wrong this last season because just because we didn't get to see her do many things no and she kind of, like, lost her umph. Yeah, like, her edge. Yeah. So I would have liked to see her go out more, like, in, like, a blaze of fury than, like, kind of just, like, crying and scared. Crumbling on under a pile of rocks. Yeah. Um, but some people actually like that because they're like, well, it's kind of funny that she did got kind of, like, such a, a lame death. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. But I would have liked to see... More of, like, a Danny death. Totally. Because that was super epic. Yeah, I agree. I'm trying to think of other things that are worth saying. I know. It's like, I don't want to get too nitpicky or anything. No. But really, I didn't... I mean, my only m- big... I don't have any big issues with the finale, really. It's all more nitpicky stuff. Yeah. And just, like, the season as a whole. Totally. It's just, like... I only want... I wished it would have been a full ten episode season. Mm-hmm. And I think I think that's probably the main the most common thread amongst everyone who watched it. Yes. Um oh one other thing I was feeling frustrated with Tyrion a little bit just like like why do you keep having all these suggestions and like what are you going to do? And so I was really with happy with how his character ended in the last episode. I was too. He really like finally took a stand. Mm-hmm. Um I really liked his um conversation with Jon Snow in prison. Yeah, that was great. That was probably one of my favorite scenes. It was, like, probably a season highlight. Mm -hmm. That was great. They both were acting, like, really good acting from both of them. I would say my least favorite Tyrion part was um, at the circle of deciding who would be king. It was like, no one wants to hear from you. You're in chains. And then it was like, but here's the floor and have a 10 minute speech. <laughs> He's literally the prisoner. And like, <laughs> I liked his thing about like, everyone loves a story. But and like, Brand's story is the most interesting. But it's like, okay, can we hear it? Because there's still a lot of unknown about Bran. And so like, I would love to hear Tyrion's version of the story, which I've said before, when Tyrion pulled him aside in episode two and was like, I think you have a story and I want to hear it. I want to hear what Bran had to say in that story. So. That was... <sighs> Bran, it's just such a weird thing. It's like kind of hypocritical because I'm happy that they didn't devote too much time trying to explain the Three-Eyed Raven to us and like the mythology of Bran. Mm-hmm. But it's also like, we really got nothing. No, it just seemed like they used his powers when Very it was convenient. convenient. Yes. Which I think they did a lot of. Yeah. AKA the dragon. AKA Arya's face thing. Yes. Like, there were a lot of those things that I think they just used as a convenience. And, yeah. But those were my only problems, and I can live with that. Totally. And I think still it, be happy. It's a matter... It's almost like choosing your battles. 
Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall, we were happy. I am impressed with them because, like, they didn't just go for a shocking ending. I think they have an ending that was logical, but still surprising mm-hmm. and unpredictable. Yeah, I think so too. And that's like the perfect combo. And like enough callbacks to previous seasons and tying up lo- loose ends. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so overall I liked it. Yeah. Um, and like we'll always have that scene of Arya killing the Night King. We'll always have that. Because we'll that always was... have Arya and Sansa killing Littlefinger. <sighs> we'll always have the Red Wedding. <laughs> Battle of the Bastards. We'll always have Joffrey dying. Purple Wedding. <laughs> So beautiful. Yeah, like, I really, like, in a little while, I do want to, like, go back and, like, try and maybe watch the whole thing over. Yeah. Especially, like, um, since this is the first time we watched it live with everybody else while it aired, um, I feel like we were able to, like, dissect all these details with everyone Mm -hmm. and all these articles and stuff. And so it'll be fun to go back and start at the beginning now that, like, all those details are kind of burned in our brains. Yeah. And, so, and then, like, pick out even more things. Foreshadowing. Yeah. And, yeah. I think it'll be fun. Me too. Don't cry because it's over. Smile because it happened. Exactly. And rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, kudos to Grey Worm for living through the whole thing. <laughs> I really thought he was, like, one of the most easily predicted deaths. And he... He made it through. He really made it. Are we ending on Grey Worm? <laughs> for his Game of Thrones discussion. <laughs> I was trying to think of, like, what was another, like, random thing. Well, my one thing I'll add is that now that Game of Thrones is over, I have high expectations for casting directors in Hollywood to cast Peter Dinklage in every role. I want him in 50% of the movies that I see. <laughs> I don't feel like that's unrealistic. Well, he's probably having to beat away offers with a stick. I would hope. I hope so. Um, I want him in a rom-com. Put him in there. Yeah. Um, Like, he's in a lot of other movie roles, even, like, while this was going on. Like, he, it's just going to blow up even more. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see what they all do. Yeah. It'll be fun. I feel like they're like my children, which is... Dumb of me to say when I've only been watching it for three months. (laughs) But it's true. Yeah. I'm so happy we did this together. Are you talking to me or to all of our listeners? To you. (laughs) But our listeners, too. Thanks for listening to us. No, I'm sure they're all happy that it's over for... (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they are. Yeah, thank you for joining us on that journey through Game of Thrones. I almost didn't even do it. Imagine if I had never started it. But the spirit of Christmas came over you and made you decide to watch it over Christmas break. I was almost like doing it defiantly, like, I'm not even going to like it. And I'm going to watch it so that I can say that for sure. Yeah, exactly. Joke's on me. Couldn't be happier to be wrong. Me too. It was so fun. I feel like we had to like give it a moment of silence. All right. And now our watch has ended. And now our watch has ended. Except we're still watching Top Guys, so who's your boyfriend? (laughs) Well, so we forgot to do our crushes last week, so we're letting ourselves do two. 
because it's our show and we yeah. can do what we want. Yeah. Um, my first one, James Marsden on Dead to Me. Oh, his character is horrible. Um, he's super hot, mm-hmm. but it's just—I mean, he always is. James Marsden just gets better every year. It's ridiculous. He. He's one of those people that doesn't age. No. Like, it, people always say that about Paul Rudd, and it's true, but he also is. Yeah. They're, like, in the same category. Yeah. And I would say Robert Jenny Jr., because those are people who are much hotter now than they were mm-hmm. as, like, young men. Mm-hmm. Um, young but men. <laughs> those young men. Um, James Marsden, it's just fun seeing him in that show be horrible. Because mm-hmm. he's actually really good at it. Yeah. And, um... He always plays, like, a lovable, innocent character, I feel like. Yeah. He's always, like, kind of a little twinkly, like, cutesy, smiley guy. Mm -hmm. And he's, like, such a douche in that. Mm -hmm. And it was pretty fun to see him be so different. And he and Linda had really great chemistry. And, like, back and forth. They felt like a real, like, lived-in couple. don't say that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, I like that. It was cute. And, like, it was funny. Like, they have this whole thing where, like... He would say something and then he like yell at her and then he'd be like, oh, sorry. And she'd be like, it's okay. Like almost before he was done saying sorry. Mm-hmm. It was just like really interesting and good. Yeah, they had good, interesting chemistry. Yeah. So yeah, he, even though he's like gross in it, love that guy. Good answer. Thank you. Um, I already said mine, but I'll say it again. Noho Hank, aka Anthony Kerrigan. Um, yeah, I was very attracted to him this season, and I think I said something pretty mean about him last season, and I took it all back, I repented, I apologized, I lit some candles in his honor, and... She built a shrine. Yes. I'm in love. He's great. He's amazing. Mine, I gotta pick... For my second and final Game of Thrones crush, I have to give props again to Gendry. Leather Daddy. He looked so hot <laughs> when they showed up for that little council meeting. Um, just proud of him. Look at where he, how far he's come, being a blacksmith, and now he's a lord. And like not being in the show for so long, and then getting to be in the final episode. Seriously, and season. like and like a big part. Yeah, and he, the actor, Joe Dempsey, is, like, the first one to say, he's like, I was shocked (laughs) that I was in that episode. And, um... He looked great. Yeah, he looked really, really good. And, um, yeah, he had, like, a ton to do this season. Yeah. And I hope it only brings more work for us to enjoy. Exactly. Um, okay, well, mine, I have to go with Jon Snow. He hasn't had worn his hair down in a really long time, and so we got to see that again. And he looked just like the young, young boy I fell in love with in season one, (laughs) aka two months ago. (laughs) (laughs) And I was just really proud of him because I've always, it's funny actually, because I've always thought that, um, they kind of did a disservice to his character, like, all of these seasons long, because they made sensitive boys kind of seem like they, if they're sensitive, they also kind of have to be, like, wussy and not able to, like, make decisions or 
um, or they be that great bad of a decisions. leader. Yeah. And um, so I was actually thinking about that last week about how I kind of have felt like they did kind of a disservice to Jon Snow's character and making sensitive boys look weak. But they changed that around this episode and he was finally able to make a decision and like do it really, really well. And he followed through. Yeah. He doesn't always follow through. No. But he really, when it really mattered, he did. Yeah. And man, did he look hot doing it? Yeah, he did. But I can't wait to see what Kit Harrington does. Yeah. Um, he should be in a rock star movie because I can't stop thinking about still that Coldplay Red Nose Day video where he's singing uh, Wild Bling to the tune of Wild Thing. It's really good. I'm going to have to tweet that and watch it every night before I go to sleep again. Good idea. Well, well it's just like re- like reflecting on all these shows that really takes it out of you. It really does. We hope you've had fun with our Game of Thrones talks. We've had fun with all of you. Yeah, we have. It's been fun to engage with friends and people on Twitter and people on Instagram and people at work. Yeah. And family members. Seriously. It's been really... I, that's just one thing I'm... Another... Like, I, it's obviously sad when it, one of your fave shows ends at all, but it'll be... It's just been so fun to have this thing that, like, there's, like, a really good chance that anyone you're talking to has been watching it and, like, has a ton of opinions on it. Yeah. Like, I've got to, like, reconnect with older old friends about it, too. Like, it's really healed me. <laughs> <laughs> Softened this heart of yours. <laughs> My cold black heart. So, I mean, who knows what the next show will be that we'll love as much as Game of Thrones. I know. Can't wait to find out. Well, yeah, it'll be really exciting to see what fills the void. And we're happy to bring you all along on the journey. But Wine Country was not the next (laughs) thing. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It becomes like a long, like, movie franchise. I just, like, watch Wine Country every day. (laughs) Well, they make, like, well, they're like the, the new Avengers, those six friends. And they make like a big spin, all these spin offs of their own movies. Well, I really think that maybe it, individual movies of the characters would have been better. Well, it just makes me think of Mary Kay and Ashley, but Mary Kay and Ashley <laughs> movies were actually good. But it's like, what if they go to the Bahamas next and then they go to New York and then they go to London? <laughs> it's like wine country. They should have started with like wine town, wine <laughs> uh, state, wine country, wine continent world (laughs) wine universe (laughs) (sighs) that would be hilarious it's like the new fast and furious and maybe amy puller will will listen to this and hopefully she doesn't stop listening after we're bagging on it and listen to the end where we're giving them good ideas (laughs) (laughs) anyway it's late and i think we're getting loopy oh my gosh yeah it is late well, it's been great. We'll <laughs> we'll see you next time. Bye.